Do you have questions? Do you need answers? The Pastor Study will help you find those answers through God's Word. Our teacher today is Pastor Tom Brock. The Pastor Study is sponsored by pastorstudy.org. So grab your Bible and join us for The Pastor Study. Welcome to the Pastor Study. Today's program is going to be just a little bit out of the ordinary. In light of the ELCA's decision to ordain practicing homosexuals at their past convention in Minneapolis about a month and a half ago, we've had several people who have had questions about this decision, asking Pastor Brock what his views are on where the ELCA is going. So we're going to take a whole half hour just to talk about some of these questions that have been raised since this decision has been made. So Pastor Brock, let's start off. How do liberals get around plain teaching on homosexuality mm -hmm. in the Bible? That's the good question. For 2,000 years the Bible has taught and Christians have believed that homosexual behavior is a sin. Now the ELCA just passed their statement saying that if it's loving, committed gay sex, it's not a sin. So the question is, how do you get that out of the Bible? Because about nine places in the Bible it talks about homosexual behavior is wrong and it never says anything good about it. Well, can I illustrate it by this? We have on the internet, if you go to YouTube and type in ELCA space B-R-O-C-K, you'll get my two eight-minute rantings on the ELCA. And if you know someone in the ELCA that needs to be informed, tell them to go to YouTube, type in Brock, then ELCA. So I've been getting emails and stuff. I got an email from a, a couple who went back to their Lutheran church saying, would you sign this, this petition to get us out of the ELCA? This woman in her church initially signed it. Then she wrote this letter saying, I wish I hadn't signed it. I take my name back. This letter will, will explain how the more liberal people in the church are trying to sell this decision. For, and she says this, Pastor Sermon said yesterday that we are not to pass judgment. Well, let's stop there. Jesus does say, judge not lest you be judged. In the same chapter, he says, uh, beware of false prophets. You'll know them by their fruits. And he, so Pat, judge not does not mean that we're not to be discerning about right and wrong. It simply means you're not supposed to think you're better than anybody else. And Jackie, we don't. I mean, I know I'm a sinner who deserves to go to hell, but my sin is still sin. You're not judging me if you lovingly tell me not to sin. In fact, you're loving if you do that. Uh, and then she says this, Jesus says nothing about homosexuality. Is that true? Well, actually it's not. If you read Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, God in the beginning made the male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his parents and cling to his wife. He doesn't specifically say uh, cling to a man. He just says you cling to your wife. So in a sense, he does talk about homosexuality. But Jesus never says anything about wife beating. He doesn't say anything about incest. He doesn't say anything about rape. That does not mean that Jesus is in favor of rape because he didn't address it. Jesus was an Old Testament Jew. He believed like the Old Testament taught. Um, then she, this woman says, only in Paul, in Romans, 
is homosexuality mentioned? And that is, un that is ambiguous and un unclear. I would invite our readers, read Romans chapter 1, what, verses 27 to 32. Paul says, for a man to lie with a man is against nature. It's a sin. It never adds. But if you really love each other, then it's okay. See. Um, then she says, this is all New Testament anyway. And the Old Testament says so many crazy things. I don't, and, and here's what happened at the convention. A woman pastor gets in front of the convention wearing, I think, a tweed suit and says, I stand before this convention as an impenitent sinner who does not deserve to be a pastor because I'm wearing a suit with two different kinds of fabrics. And Leviticus condemns that. So, ha, 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 uh, why don't we ordain homosexuals? Because... And, and the response to that is, Jackie, yes, the Old Testament forbids eating pork. It forbids you to wear a suit with two different kinds of, of uh, cloth. It forbids, uh, it makes you kill lambs when you sin at the temple. Jesus fulfilled and did away with all the ceremonial law of the Old Testament when he died on the cross. We can eat hot dogs. Uh, you can wear, to tw wear a tweed suit. But he did not do away with the moral law of the Old Testament, which is don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't have homosexual behavior. And for her to do that, I mean, it just shows total confusion. But she won the day, and they passed it. Pastor Brock, how are the ELCA leaders uh, defending this decision? Well, <laughs> this comes from the ELCA website. Mark Hansen is the head bishop of the ELCA who's been pretty liberal on all these things. And he said, now this is after the decision. And I think he's trying to keep people in the ELCA with their money. Uh, quote, we are a church committed to congregations being vital, growing centers of evangelical mission. Evangelical mission. Mark Hansen, if you go to the ELCA.org, has political pronouncement. He's a liberal politician. He's always. Pro I have never heard Mark Hansen say that we need to preach Christ to save souls from hell. He never talks about hell. You never hear him talk about saving souls. He talks about the environment, about getting rid of racism. He talks about feeding the poor, which is good, but it's not the gospel. And I'm afraid the social gospel, the liberal politics, has replaced. And, and he says, we're a faithful uh, center of evangelical mission in the ELC. If that's true, why does his website, the ELCA website, teach that everybody goes to heaven, whether they believe in Christ or not? Why has the ELCA in the past 21 years reduced missionaries by 60% in the field? So, I, I mean, there, Grace Matters was the radio yep. station for uh, radio ministry of the ELCA. They taught universalism on that show, that everybody will go to heaven. The devil will end up in heaven eventually because God is love. So I don't see the ELCA as doing evangelical mission when they teach everybody saved anyway. Pastor Brock, um, you had a prayer before the convention, and you've said on a previous program your prayer has changed. Yes. What was your prayer for the convention? As you know, our church, Hope Lutheran, for many years was in the ELCA, and I prayed uh, Lord, may they stop paying for abortions with offering dollars. We stopped being part of the health care plan while we were still in the ELCA. And lately, I mean, for years our prayer has been, Lord, may they not go ahead and do what they want to do, which is ordain practicing homosexuals. It's finally happened. Jackie, this decision will never be undone. This is the third sex statement they tried to get through. They finally got it through on the third try. This will never be undone because the people in leadership in the ELCA overwhelmingly are liberal. So now that they've gone ahead and done the deed, my prayer now is, Lord, may this finally open the eyes of millions of ELCA Lutherans. May they leave the Lutheran uh, ELCA denominations for 
the AFLC, the Free Lutherans, which we join, or the Missouri Synod, or the LCMC. There are good alternatives where you can be a Lutheran and biblical. Jackie, this whole thing with the ELCA, I don't want to wear my collar outside. I I'm tired of saying I'm a Lutheran, but, you know. So it's just, a, this has put a shame on the church. Okay, as long as you're talking about that, Pastor Brock, I asked you this on an earlier program, and you told me we didn't have time to talk yes. about it. Okay. What is the worst church, Lutheran church, in the country, do you think? I right think now? I know. There's a church in San Francisco. This is an ELCA Lutheran church. No discipline has been brought against their pastor or their congregation. Everybody is sitting down. This will take a few minutes. It's called Ebenezer Lutheran Church. It used to be called Ebenezer Lutheran Church. It's now called Her Church. Listen to this, everybody. You go to their website. Go to herchurch.org and you'll get the goddess created this world and all of its blessings with new life through the saving act of Jesus' death and resurrection. So she throws Jesus in there, this woman pastor, but it's really all about worshiping the goddess. And it is goddess who enables us to turn from lives of self-absorption uh, with goddess to love the neighbor, etc. Using exclusively masculine terms and systems of domination is contrary to the gospel. In other words, to pray to God the Father, that's, that's against the gospel. That's what Jesus taught. Um, here's the history of her church. Um, they started changing words and getting a feminine face on the, on the icons of their church. This, of course, rocked the boat, causing an exodus of the old guard congregants. In other words, these people that believed in God the Father, out you go! Um, the voice of the divine feminine is not only being mined in the pages of Scripture here, but also in ancient and modern goddess traditions. Did you catch that, Jackie? They're not only finding the goddess in the Bible somehow, they're pulling from ancient Greek pagan mythologies, etc., to worship the goddess at this church. They have, some, they have a service called the Goddess Rosary, and it goes like this. Our mother who art within us, and then Hail Goddess Full of Grace, written by Carol and Christ, a goddess feminist. During the hour of worship, Tibetan bowls, bells, incense, she icons, goddess rosaries, candles, sacred space are provided. The name of the woman pastor is Pastor Stacy Bourne, and she is embodying the goddess. The present church building is now being painted purple. You go to the website, it's all purple. Why? Why painted purple? To honor the goddess and divine feminine, to be in solidarity with all women, to advocate for marriage rights for all gay stuff. Do um, you want to hear their prayer, Jackie? Sure. Our mother who is within us, we celebrate your many names. Your wisdom come. Your will be done. For you are the dwelling place within us, the empowerment around us, and the celebration among us now and forever. They bring forth these names for God, Mother, Shaddai, Sophia, Womb, Midwife, Shekinah, She Who Is. They talk about the Christ-Sophia. Jackie, do you ever pray to God as your big womb in the sky? I mean, this is self-worship. This is paganism. The reason the early church rejected all the goddess stuff is because it ends up in pagan sexual rituals. And it, it's, not, it's not perchance that they love lesbianism and the promotion of that at this church. So, I mean, I could go on and on, but Jackie, this ain't my grandma's Lutheran church. And I could go on and on about the goddess course, love your body, love yourself, celebrate she who is, it would take me too long. But it's, it's new age paganism. It's self-worship. This is called pantheism, that we are God. Pastor Brock, how did we ever come to such a low view of Scripture? <laughs> well, all right. Um, 
the Lutheran Magazine is the official magazine of the ELCA. And let's talk about how low it's gotten, then I'll tell you how I think we got there. If you look at the Lutheran Magazine, they had a recent article by Professor Richard Swenson from Augustana College in South Dakota, an ELCA school. He, now, listen to this, Jackie. Only Matthew has Jesus throw imperfect people into the outer darkness to wail and gnash their teeth. No, the doctrine of hell is found in all of the Gospels. But um, on the cross, Jesus accuses God of abandoning him, of fleeing like, ter like the terrified disciples. No martyr would do that. In Matthew's story, Jesus fails as a martyr. And the point of his article is that Jesus used to believe in hell before he died. Once he rose from the dead, which surprised him, by the way. According to him, Jesus did not rise from the dead knowingly. It, was, it shocked him when he got raised. Jesus three times predicted he would die and rise. But according to him, Jesus believed in hell before he died. Then when he rose from the dead after his own failure, then he came to see that there is no hell. Jackie, this is wacko. And, and one more illustration of how scriptures have been lowered in the ELCA. This is from the ELCA magazine and a letter to the editor from a woman pastor in California, Pastor Gloria Espesis. Some voices in the Bible have wounded people to the point of loss of faith. Words like abomination, weaker sex, stained by Eve. That's not in the Bible, by the way. Uh, be silent, submit to husbands, don't teach or lead. These texts lead to death and not life unless they are read with care. Did you hear what she's saying? The Bible is hurting people. So we need to listen to this pastor and just get rid of the parts of the Bible that she doesn't like. The, and this is in the Lutheran magazine. So the, and she's a Lutheran pastor in full standing. So the question is, how did we get to this point? And I think the answer is, um, in the 60s, European liberalism came to America, got into our seminaries, and I, was, I graduated from Luther, 70 in, Luther Seminary in 1979, that is now an ELCA seminary. When I was there, one of our professors didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead. Okay, then why do we exist as a seminary? Another, you know, other professors were, you know, and I, I've, showed, I've shared this many times. Let me do it one more time, Jackie. I, I know somebody that teaches there. According to him, less than half, much less than half, of the profs at, at Luther, my seminary, believe in the virgin birth of Christ. And, and Jackie, so when we left the ELCA some years ago, I went back to Luther, feeling a little glad we were leaving, but feeling a little nostalgic now that I'm leaving my seminary, my synod. I went to the Luther Seminary Chapel service. The male quartet gets up to sing the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. She makes me lie down in green pastures. She leadeth me beside the still waters. <laughs> I thought, get me out of here. And so, Jackie, I just want to plead with people to leave the ELCA. There are other branches of Lutheranism that are very biblical. You know, Tom, you're talking about all these things that are happening and these changes and that. Um, it isn't just the Lutherans, though, no. is it? No, no. The United Church of Christ is much more far gone than even the Lutheran Church, and even more liberal is the Episcopal Church. It used to be the um, Lutherans were more conservative, the ELCA Lutherans were more conservative than the United Methodists. We've been, and more conservative than the Presbyterian Church USA, we've surpassed them. PCUSA and the United Methodists, they don't ordain practicing homosexuals. We've become more liberal than they are. More liberal. Yep. I guess, what changes do you see coming with this decision? You've, I mean, I just read this week that now the NIV Bible is coming out with a new version in 2010 that is going to be D6. Yeah. 
Um, are we going to see more of this type of thing happening yes. with this it already having is. passed? With the ELCA, if you have the new red hymnal, all of the Psalms have desexed God, so you won't find a masculine pronoun. In other words, they've changed the Bible to make God genderless. We don't have the right to change the Bible. They have a hymn in the new red hymnal, O Mother God, You Gave Me Birth. So the changes, sadly, and most, you got to look for these changes, but if you look carefully, they're all over the place. Yeah. Tom, what, what do you say to a staunch Lutheran that believes in the scriptures and that, that now is upset with this decision mm -hmm. and where people are saying to that person, you're just causing division yes. in the church? When, and, and here, I, I'm hearing from people who are saying, you know, they're saying to me, why are you causing division? We're not the ones who caused this. We're not the ones who violated scripture in 2,000 years of Christian teaching. Who's causing this division? The people that voted, the bishops that voted in favor of saying that homosexuality is no longer a sin. They're the people that have divided the church. And so I, I would say to people who are leaving the ELCA, you didn't leave them. They left you. And you have a full right to get out of this denomination and join a more biblical church. I wouldn't want my money paying for abortions. Pastor Brock, you have people who are in churches where their ministers aren't saying anything mm -hmm. and they're just saying, we'll take a wait and see attitude mm -hmm. and things like that. What do you say to the person who wants an answer of where their minister is? How should they approach that minister? Uh, here's what I encourage people to do. Go to your church council president. If the pastor, if the pastor has not said anything from the pulpit, he's probably liberal or he probably just doesn't rock the boat and he's probably not willing to take a stand, so you need to take a stand. And here's what you do. And every member of the church has the right to do this. You go to the church council president and say, can I have 10 minutes on your next agenda for your next council meeting? They better say yes. That's the way the church is supposed to work. You go and you very politely say, can we consider leaving the ELCA? You have to have two votes with three months in between, two times you get two-thirds of the congregation, then you're out. You can join another denomination. And Jackie, the pastor will not lose his pension. You know how cheap I am. I kept every penny of my pension when we left the ELCA. So don't let people say, well, but we can't leave. The pastor will lose his pension. He won't lose his pension at all. I think in the first, if you're only a pastor one year, there may be some truth to that. After that, I believe you're vested or you're quickly vested, and your pastor won't lose a penny. So... And ultimately, Jackie, uh, so it's not even an issue, but even if it was, it's more important for the church to serve Christ and the true scriptures than your pastor get his pension. That's true. Tom, I've heard some people talk that they're fearful, though, that if they try to leave the ELCA that they'll lose their building. Right. And here's the way that works, Jackie. If you were an ALC church before the merger in 1988, you keep your property. They have nothing to say to you. You get to keep your property. If you were an LCA church, you can, if you get the two-thirds vote twice, you leave with your property as long as you get the permission of the synod. Overwhelmingly, the synod has granted that permission. That may change, but uh, even the LCA churches and the LCA bishops overwhelmingly are letting churches that follow the process get out. Now, I hope that doesn't change, but I, I think you go through the process anyway. So you think, though, with the change that people will still be allowed to do that process? And I that think it will so. Go? I think so. Do you think it's because the hierarchy wants to get rid of these people that aren't willing to embrace what I think, the changes I think the hierarchy are? wants as many people to stay as possible because they're going to fill this financially. 
So I think they would like to keep everybody aboard. Again, I said this on a prior program, I'll say it again, I'm afraid of the frog in the kettle syndrome. And a lot of people know that illustration that if you take a frog and throw it in a pan of boiling water, it'll jump out. But if you put it in a pan of cold water and slowly heat it up, the frog doesn't realize what's going on and he boils. And my concern, Jackie, is there are a lot of Lutherans who would have jumped out like this if their church ordained practicing homosexuals, paid for abortions with offering dollars, were teaching on its website that faith in Christ is not necessary for salvation. They would have jumped out like this some years ago. But slowly and surely, with liberal pastors, liberal bishops, they think, well, maybe this is okay. I mean, uh, somebody told me that they were talking to an old, retired ELCA pastor saying, what do you think of their decision? And his response was, well, I can live with it. <laughs> you wouldn't expect that. Yeah. How can any Christian live with the decision? No. I, I mean, I, if you truly... It's tragic. This is tragic. Okay, now we talked about that it isn't just the Lutheran Church. You talked about the Presbyterian and the UCC and that. I guess, how did the Catholics feel about what's happening here? I mean... Yes, I will say this for the Catholic Church. On moral issues, you cannot beat the Catholic Church. They stand up for life. They stand up for sexes for marriage only. They take a stand against homosexual behavior. The people in our culture that are holding the biblical line on moral issues are the Catholics and the evangelicals. They're it. The mainline Protestant denominations are caving like crazy. Uh, mainline churches are becoming, however, the sideline churches. Nobody goes to the mainline churches anymore. The big churches in America are not the Episcopal Church or the United Church of Christ or even the ELCA Lutherans. The huge churches are like the Southern Baptists, the Pentecostal churches, which still believe in the Bible. You've got the Missouri Synod, God bless them. That's the second largest Lutheran body. They're still very evangelical. So on, on the moral issues, God bless the Catholics for what they're doing. I can't be a Catholic because of their teachings on salvation and indulgences and purgatory and praying to the saints and all that. But on moral issues, they're very on target. So what does the ELCA intend to do for missions now that they've made this decision? Is it going to affect what who they're going to reach out to? Mm -hmm. Well, you've heard me just say, I think I did, that they've reduced missions by 60% right. in the history of the ELCA. But where's their money going to? Well, they just passed a, a resolution that now that they finally got the sex statements through, the next statement that they're going to spend $30,000 per year on until it's developed is the justice for women statement. And so again, What's central in the ELCA? It's not the salvation of the lost. It's not getting the missionaries out there to preach Christ. It's social issues. It's political causes. And that kind of stuff passes where getting more missionaries out in the field just doesn't seem to be a priority. And they've lost sight entirely of the Bible and what the Bible says. Uh, there are people, uh, of course there are pastors and a few bishops who are willing to take a stand. I wish we would have, you know, I wish you know, let me, let me uh, give you this, Jackie. Uh, this is on the ELCA website, too, if I can find the right one. Um, here's Bishop Jessica Christ of the Montana Synod. She says of this decision, there's room in the church for diversity of opinion on social and political issues. But then Lawrence Walray, which is the uh, Northwestern Minnesota Synod Bishop, says, quote, I was not in favor of changing our policies. He was conservative. I am willing to abide by the decisions of the churchwide assembly. I think he's going to be maybe the poster boy on why we sh I didn't agree with it either, but I'm going to stay and be true to my church. 
How about being true to Christ, Jackie? It's more important to me that I'm faithful to Christ than I am to the Lutheran Church. And this is sadly is a, t a day to make a decision. I hope many of our listeners will leave the ELCA. Wasn't there an ELCA minister, though, that asked to break rank with the procedure at the very end and to be allowed to pray? Yes. Oh, I mean... Yeah. Can I tell you who I'm thrilled with? His name is Pastor David Glesney at Redeemer Lutheran in Fridley. At the end of this horrible vote, he stood up at the, in front of the whole convention and said to Mark Hansen, the liberal head bishop, may I have a point of privilege? And for three minutes he said, we have just embraced an alien sexuality. We have denied the scriptures. Father, forgive us. And it was interesting watching Mark Hansen's face through that. And it was like Elijah speaking to one of the kings of the Old Testament, and it was a powerful moment. So, you know, and I think my guess is he will lead his church out of the ELCA. But that was unusual, too, to get the last word by the conservatives, it even with such a decision. It was God. It was God arranging things. I don't think anybody knew what was happening or quite understood it. But yet you say that the liberals and the hierarchy end of that have turned that all around, that it was the Holy Spirit breathing through. Um, yeah, just to review with people, 2 o'clock Wednesday, the ELCA is going to start discussion on the new sex statement. And 2 o'clock Wednesday, out of nowhere, no, nobody on TV was predicting this, a hurricane hit, not a, hurricane. Not a hurricane, a tornado hits just a little part of downtown Minneapolis. It did hit in south Minneapolis, but just a tiny little corner it hit in downtown Minneapolis where the convention center where the Lutherans were about to discuss this, ripping part of the roof off, and across the street is big Central Lutheran Liberal Church. It tore the cross down from the top of Central Lutheran, tore up the beer tents they had set up to serve beer to the convention goers, and that is the church where the homosexual lobby was having their worship services during the week to work the convention. And still, Jackie, the Lutherans went ahead and passed this awful new sex statement by, get this, 66 Point six percent. Hello. Yeah. Isn't that? It's the Lord. There's a God in heaven. I believe God was behind all of this too. In fact, I think if nothing else, it's opened up a line of communication sometimes between different uh, Lutherans with mm -hmm. other Lutherans to say, what do you think do about you think? this? Yeah. And that's always good when we can dialogue and come to a common ground. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to thank you for being with us on this program. We invite you, if you're looking for a biblically-based church, to come and visit Hope Lutheran Church on a Sunday morning. At the end of the program, you'll see our telephone number, our address, and our website. We have three services during the normal year with Bible study, Sunday school. We have weekday programs for you and your family. We have a really great youth program running. Uh, we do some outreach within our own neighborhood and community to help the neighbors. Uh, come see us on a Sunday morning and see what we have for you and your family. We pray that through these tough times, God will be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for tuning into the Pastor Study. We ask, would you pray for our ministry as we seek to spread the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ? And would you pray about supporting this ministry? Our address is The Pastor Study, 5200 Emerson Avenue North, 
Minneapolis, Minnesota 55430. Our website is pastorstudy.org. And our phone number is 763-260-4484. May God richly bless you and join us next week at the same time as we study God's Word. Until then, may the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you.